This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Love these early editions of the show. We'll tell you about the Yankees' first game. Mets go on the road. And we've got Rangers and NBA to talk about as well. Oh, come on and join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardish to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Jay Peasy and Jake the Snake. We're here until 9 o'clock. Then it's our coverage. NBA Finals Game 1, Golden State hosting the Boston Celtics. Gordon Damer, hello. Larry, how we feeling, my friend? Excellent. Doing great today, my friend. Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. So, Gordon, I... Let's take people behind the curtain for a second. All right. We always have these meetings where we try to decide what would intrigue the audience. What should we speak with? What should we start? Right, Gordon? We always have these, these of discussions. Right. Because we're here for you. That's what and, we're about. And the bottom line here is it's about the Yankees right now. We'll talk Rangers next hour, I promise you, because we want to get your thoughts about them going into game two. We had a chance to touch on it. Uh, last night because we had the fun of being on right after the game, which is great. So we got that immediate reaction. But now the Ranger fans have had a day to soak it in. And so next hour, we'll turn it over to you and get your thoughts. But Gordon, I got to say, uh, I was very impressed and, and and amused with the first game of the doubleheader today. And I'll share with you why. I have the baseball package. And on occasion, I love Michael K. Let, let, let me make this clear. I Get love that Michael out in K. front. Get in front of it. Yeah. I love it. But every once in a while, I'm curious to hear what the opponents say. You know what I mean? The, the, the mm-hmm. opposing. Uh, Gordon, I got to tell you. The whole, the whole day, they were speculating that the Yankees were picking up pitches from Otani. All the whole game. Well, he normally gets people to strike out and miss. There's no strikeout and miss. This was before I think um, Rizzo struck out mm-hmm. in the same inning that Judge hit the home run after it was three nothing. Oh, they, they, they've got to be picking. It's got to be. He's got to be tipping pitches because this is not how he. He's so much better than what they're, they're saying. And then they made another comment, and I'm sure the snarky New York writers are going to say that. Otani can't pitch in New York. Well, that's not the case. Can you just call the game for me, please? I don't need your opinions. I don't, I don't care what you think. This is not a talk show. You're a play-by-play guy. You're a play-by-play analyst. Just tell me what's going on in the baseball field. I was amused, Gordon, at yeah. those folks. And, I, and I, really sorry, appreciative. And really appreciative. Thank God I was able to turn back to Michael K., David Cohn, and uh, Carlos Beltran. Well, I, I mean, you can say that the the snarky New York writers will say that he can't pitch in New York. He's made two starts, and he's looked terrible in both of them. I mean, now it wasn't as bad as the last one where, I mean, everybody – I remember last year, everybody, oh, Otani, Otani's going up against Judge. He's at the stadium, big start, all this type yeah. of stuff. And, and if you blinked your eyes, he was gone. He lasted a little bit longer today, but then he threw in the – the uh, the the fact that he got picked off first base as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, for, for whatever reason in two games now. Two games is a very small sample size. I'm sure if he pitches here again more often, then maybe that, maybe not. Maybe not. Right? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you, you know, you can say well, people are jumping to conclusions by saying that he can't pitch in New York. 
I would say you're the one jumping to conclusions because based on the evidence, he has not so far. <laughs> yeah, right. it's only two starts, but he has not pitched well so far. And uh, look, everybody might have went to the game. No, it didn't seem like that many people were at the game today. <laughs> really? But the people that did might have gone to see this amazing story, this this um, this this story that is you know one of the top things in baseball. And while they might have went for Shohei Otani, they actually got that, but they got it on the other side because Nestor Cortez, just, I mean, it's his world, and we are just living in it at this point. He goes out there and, and throws another gem today. He follows up the start against the Rays last time. And this guy who it seemed like a good story to start with, and then mm-hmm. it seemed like a surprise, like how is he doing this? Maybe at some point we have to stop wondering how he's doing it and just realize he's doing it. He, I mean, he's getting it done with, with, with his arsenal of pitches, dropping down, uh, but got it, not overpowering stuff. But maybe it really shouldn't be a surprise anymore, Larry. Let me throw some Nestor Cortez stats at you, Gordon. You ready? I'm ready. According to Elias, his 1.50 ERA is the ninth lowest ERA by a Yankees starter through their first 10 starts of a season in franchise history and the third lowest in the last 70 seasons, going back to 1953, trailing only Phil Negro's 1.20 ERA in 1984 and Rob Gardner's 1.32 ERA in 1972. And K made a statement, and, I, and it's funny because I was thinking about it as I, as I was watching him during the game. He could be your all-star starter for the AL, Gordon. Absolutely. Who, who's who's pitching better than him right now? Well, I, I think that Verlander uh, probably is in that in that conversation, right? Um, you know, with the the way that he's been able to come back at yep. his age. True. Uh, but I mean, at this point, it's a very short list. I mean, at, at this point in time, Nestor Cortez is second in ERA in baseball. He's third in WHIP. He's top fifteen in strikeouts. So even a guy who does not throw unbelievably hard he is uh, he is he, he's been lights out uh, it's now his 19th i think his 19th straight start allowing three or fewer runs you know unbelievable and, and katie sharp who always does a great job finding these little nuggets uh mm-hmm. the, the the line of an era of one and a half through 10 games with 65 strikeouts the 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 list of pitchers who have done that in yankee history is nestor cortez and that's it that's the mm-hmm. entire list so uh, i mean i, I don't know it certainly seems like he is um, – I would go further than saying just in the conversation to start the All-Star game. I took a look at the odds, Larry, for American Uh-oh. League Cy Young. Uh-oh. He's fourth betting favorite right now. He should be. Yeah. How could he uh, not be? Plus 800. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a long way away. Of course. The season has a long turn. But, I mean, he has been – the Yankees are a team that has been really kind of the story of baseball. Best record in baseball, how they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And there's been lots of stories. I don't know if there's a, a, a better story on the team right now than what Nestor Cortez has done. It, it is just amazing. And what's amazing about it, which I don't have to tell you, has been his consistency. You just mentioned it. 19, three runs or less in 19. I mean, that's Garrett Cole. That's what you expect from Garrett right. Cole. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, it's absolutely incredible. And it kind of ties into – this idea that each day somebody else is picking it up for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. You know, Cortez has not been the only guy doing the job in the rotation. Uh, Tyone has been excellent. 
Uh, Cole maybe has not lived up to Cole's standard so far, but Severino, I mean, every day it's another guy going out there and and getting the job done in the rotation. So the Yankee rotations ERA, I believe now, is second behind only the Dodgers. And if you're Nestor Cortez and you go out with this Yankee offense and give up three runs or less, good chance you're going to win the game. Yeah. The offense is rolling right now. You're being consistent. You're doing a nice job. And uh, you know what? I think... We, we have, for the moment, and, and it, things could change. We got it. We understand. But for the moment, I think you have to tip your cap to Brian Cashman. I mean, this Matt Carpenter move has been amazing. He's I been think perfect. I'm going to have to start to grow one of those mustaches, Larry. I think it's the only <laughs> thing that's left. Between him and Cortez, you're right. <laughs> you're I, think, right. I think every Yankee should be growing that mustache right now. Why not? And, and again, you know, like when we talk about the Mets, it, and it is amazing what they've been able to do without mm-hmm. DeGrom pitching at all, and now yep. with, with Scherzer down, the Yankees are missing right now Giancarlo Stanton, Araldis Chapman, Chad Green, and Jonathan Loisega. I mean, it's not to be compared to what the Mets, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty talented list right there. Yeah, for your team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and they've know. gone out, and, and the Angels, who it seemed like this year, hey, the Angels, maybe this is finally the year they get Mike Trout back in the postseason. Maybe this is finally the time. Now they've lost seven in a row, and the yeah. Yankees have beaten them, what, 15-2 in, in the two games that they played so far? Yeah, it hasn't been close. It hasn't been close. And as you talked about the Yankee bullpen, the Yankee starters, at least six innings in a season-high six straight starts, matching their lowest streak since a six-game stretch from the – uh, March was that May through June was that May through I'm sorry uh, May 2nd through May 8th 2018 the next longest streak was a seven game stretch from May 5th to the 12th of 2017 so they they've done they've done a great job and that's been and that's been the, the key thing when you watch them in the sense because of the issues that you have with the bullpen, of the folks that's missing with your bullpen, your starters have just stepped up. Not only have they continued to pitch well, which they had done all season, but now they're giving you length and pitching well. Yeah, and it really is a surprise because I remember before the season started, the rotation seemed like, okay, it was a popular conversation. All the shows were having it. Garrett Cole is obviously the Yankee ace, but who who's the number two starter? Is it mm-hmm. Nestor Cortez? Can, you can't expect Severino to be that guy. Uh, with it as few uh, uh, innings as he's pitched here the last couple of years because of all the injuries. Uh, Tyone, you know, was kind of yeah. up and down last year, so it wasn't going to be him. But uh, yeah. this has been – it's very rare that you go into a season with a baseball team and you have question mark, question mark, question mark, and all those question marks get answered in the affirmative like they have been for the Yankees so far. It's been great. And I've enjoyed it because I haven't had to already start to count down towards uh, training camp. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's it's always nice, right? Because it looks like we've got some. We're going to have meaningful games all summer long. It looks great. It really does. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll get your thoughts on the Yankees and the Mets when we return. Also, Gordon and I will chat. There's a Yankee who I am so happy for, as much as I can be as a Mets fan. But I'm so happy for him because I think he's showing some signs that he might be back. Plus, Gordon, we start. Four nights against the Dodgers. I'll give you my thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, he was two for four today, a double and a home run, solo home run in the first inning, 10th home run of the season, surpassing all the home runs he hit for last year. Who am I talking about, Gordon? 
Aaron Hicks? Glaber Torres. Oh, Glaber, right, baby. yes. Glaber Torres. I'm glad you didn't trade him. Aren't you glad you didn't trade him? Well, no, that Not wouldn't yet. have made. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have made a whole. Usually, Too buying early. high and selling low would not be the best way to go. Um, mm-hmm. But look, the Yankees had to have at least thought about it because of kind of the log jam that they had. If he can't play shortstop, Lemayhew yeah. is primarily your second. You know, if you want him to play every day as much as he can, even though he does have some versatility. You'd have to think that. You know, they'd at least have conversation. And I remember before the season talking to Bob Klappish, he's he was of the of the mind that if you get to midseason and you're not seeing any signs of life, um, then Bye-bye. chances are you might have to move on from him. But uh, yeah, no, it's been good to see him get back. And I, 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 is there a real an explanation for it? You think it's just the fact that he's back at second base, he's more comfortable in the field? I, I don't know what. I don't know that I necessarily have seen what it has been that has changed, but uh, yeah, he's starting to look like the old the old Glaber Torres again. And you could use that in your lineup. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, you mentioned Aaron Hicks. He had three hits. I know. I, I'm I'm so Shocked. stunned by that. I mean, there's been weeks that have gone by that that has not happened. Well, maybe he's on a roll. Maybe he's about to get on the roll. It would be nice, right, for him to join the party. <laughs> it would be. Uh, I, I don't have a ho- – you know, I've always been kind of confident in Glaber because even mm-hmm. as bad as the last two years have been, you've seen it, and, and nothing outside of the position changed. He didn't have an injury. He didn't have something that you would say, well, it, it, it wasn't like he came out of nowhere, right? Like sometimes you see guys have some some success – and they were not highly touted prospects, but you think, oh, well, look at this guy's doing the job. And then all of a sudden it goes away and they never get back to that. Glaber was a highly touted prospect the entire time. He came up immediately, was an all-star level player. So I always kind of had hope that he would kind of return to that. And, and again, there's still some work to be done. The average is not necessarily what you'd like. You'd like him to walk more than he is. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is slugging again where the last two years his slugging numbers were, whew, they fell off a table. That's what yeah. you like to see. Yeah, there's no question about it. No doubt about it. So we'll keep an eye out on the Yankees and Halos in the second game. They're on no score as the Angels come up to bat in the second. And, Gordon, of course, all eyes are on the Mets and the Dodgers. And it was an interesting discussion I heard on the K-Show with, with Don and, and Michael and Peter, of course, before us, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 here on 98.7 ESPN. And they were talking about the Mets and Dodgers. And obviously, look, these are the two, right now, the top two teams in the National League. Mets at 35-17, and 17, Dodgers at 33-17. and 17. Mets first place in the East, Dodgers first place in the West. Um, and what, what's so fascinating to me is just how people are looking at this. And we kind of touched on it last night. And it was that, okay, here they are. They're facing the Dodgers. And I agree, it is a test. Okay, because you want to see how you are against the best. And the Dodgers are the best, in, you know, on paper and, mm-hmm. you yep. know, record-wise. Absolutely. Best. Yeah, yep. There's no question. So they are the team that most people expect will represent the National League in the World Series and may even win the World Series again. But I don't think it means that if it's not a referendum on the Mets record, if they should happen to lose the series with the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I and I think there's there's people who will say that because, you know, just, oh, well, they beat up on the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals are horrible. They beat up on the Phillies. Well, the Phillies are horrible. Yeah, they are. And they did beat up on them. But what would we say if they had lost to them? 
<laughs> and, and it would be one thing if if the Phillies and, and Nationals were in teams in in the, in the NL Central, right, or the right. NL mm-hmm. West. Those are teams in your division, and that's yeah. the goal. The first goal of the season is to win your division. So, yes, um, now look, if the Mets go out and they get swept in the series and they're losing games seven to two every single, well, then maybe you might think, oh, geez, boy, we really. Is a lot of work to be done here. We thought that, but I don't mm-hmm. think that that's going to happen. Now they might lose the series, right. but that to me is not the the be all end all. You are still, you know, we're, we're early June. There's a lot of stuff to be done, and I, it's almost like people want to jump ahead in the story, Larry. Yeah. Like you're mentioning that this is a measuring stick for the the play. The playoffs are months away. <laughs> I saw articles. What are the Mets going to need at the trade deadline? We don't even know if DeGrom or Scherzer are going to be back. Can we wait until we see if the like the team with those two guys, I think will need significantly less than if you don't know that you're going to have those two guys. So I don't know how you could answer that question until you got to, you know, the, 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 the trade question until you know whether or not you got those guys. The answer to that question. Yeah, it, 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 it's crazy. It, it just is. But you Well, know, look, it's excitement, right? I mean, yeah, the Mets are, are rolling along, and it's pretty yeah. clear. I, yeah, I mentioned before I looked at the betting markets. The Mets right now have the best odds to win their division in all of baseball. They are now minus 440. Mm. So if you were to bet 100 bucks, you'd win basically like 22 or $23. That's so, not. yeah, that's uh, there's not a lot of value it. in that. But that just shows you how much of a lock they are to win mm-hmm. that division. And – uh, I think that there's a better chance that that division sees changes in managers in other teams yeah. in that division yeah. rather than changes uh, atop the division itself. Yeah, it, it, it's true. You're right about that. And, you know, it's funny because the other thing that you keep hearing about with, with from other folks about the Mets is, well, you've been in first place like this before. You know, you've had great starts like this before. And, and it's true. They have. But, Gordon, not this type of talent. No. They've not had this type of talent to be there. This was a team where the pitching, the Met history has been, and there's been exceptions, of course, but for the most part, the Met history has been great pitching, struggle to score runs. If, if you summed up their identity, that's what they've been. 86, of course, was not that way. But for the most part, that's the way the team has been. Uh, that's not this year. <laughs> this this has been a, a fun year. Looking up some stats about the Mets. Uh, in the, their uh, in the major leagues, first in average at 268, mm-hmm. first in on base percentage at 338, first in hits at 473, first in RBI at 250, uh, 258. That's not bad. I'll take that. I'm good. Yeah, and they haven't had starts like this before. I no. mean, they've had start like they had a start like this in '86, and they had a start like this in '88. You know, it's one thing to start the first three weeks and to have a hot start. We're now in June. Uh, this mm-hmm. is not just a fluky hot start. And, and it might fluctuate. There might be some time. You know, I don't think, I don't know what they're on pace for right now, but say it's 115 wins. I don't know if they're going to win 115 right. games. Right. But you don't need to win 115 games. I think it's pretty clear you are going to win the division. It's pretty clear you are going to be a playoff team. Um, and, and now it's, it's, it's about going through the process of finding out what else you got. It looks like DeGrom is going to be back here before too long. Mm-hmm. Still going to be a while before Scherzer's back, but it's about finding out where this team is at. But the thing you like is, is that originally the Mets were winning with pitching, right? right. And then right. Scherzer goes down and you, everybody says, well, you know, the offense is going to need to step up. That's exactly what the offensive's done. I mean, Pete Alonso, we talk about Judge in the MVP. Pete Alonso has to be in the conversation yeah. for National League MVP Absolutely. as we sit here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we started to say, you know what, it's great the Mets are winning, but Francisco Lindor, boy, he's got to pick it up. Look at that. He's picked it up. So <laughs> there's nothing but good stuff for the Mets right now, and there's, there's no need to be you know, creating controversy or thinking things are going to fall apart or anything like that. As a matter of fact, Lindor has driven in a run in 10 consecutive games, the longest streak in the major leagues this season, and tied for the second longest by a Met. Unbelievable. Oh, Gordon. First, this portion of ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by our friends at Jake's 58 Casino Hotel. Kick back at Jake's 58 Casino Hotel with one of the new special room packages. Get 25% off and a $50 food credit with the Stay and Dine package. Book today at jakes58.com. Gordon Report out of L.A. Did you see this? Francisco Lindor. We just were saying nice things about him. Yeah. Slammed the, his hand in the door. Got a little Dodger flu. Doesn't want to be in the lineup, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. You yeah. Know. Well, he won't be in the lineup tonight. Whatever no, it is, he won't be in the lineup. That's, come on, already. He's got a already. lot of door experiences. I mean, he's a grown man. I don't know how you close the door in your hand. Oops. Uh, well, you know. These things. I, I'll say this though. I did one time get my hand uh, caught in a car door. That is excruciating. Woo! I always thought when people said they saw stars that that was just like a term of you know an expression. Didn't really. I literally saw stars when that happened. I saw stars and screamed some some things that yep. had stars in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The language had some. If you if you saw the language, there were some stars there. <laughs> the way it happened, I thought I really looked down, and I was just thankful that the finger was still there at that yes. point. And that's yes. how painful it was. So, yes. look, hopefully he's uh, only out of the lineup for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to have to go too long without your, your shortstop, but I nope. uh, have to do it tonight. And and if you're like me, your finger had multiple colors. Which, isn't it amazing oh, how many yeah. colors your finger can have? Yes, absolutely. It is. It so, is uh, oof, grotesque. Gordon, I'm going to tell you, I, I give the Knicks a lot of credit. Okay, they are working, they are working, they are working. They are taking a page out of the college uh, yearbook. College scholarship yearbook. College scholarship recruiting yearbook, Gordon. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what they're doing. In case you hadn't noticed, Mark Berman of the Post has reported that the Knicks have hired Jalen Brunson's dad, formerly former New York Knicks, Rick Brunson, onto their coaching staff to replace Kenny Payne, who left? He was the Kentucky coach. He went back to college. So um, they have recruited him. This is like, okay, the, the the recruit wants to make sure that his dad has a job when he goes to the school for the scholarship. Great player. Let's let's hope so. So let's hope so. So this is what you do. You hire the dad, mm-hmm. and then the kid comes along too. Bing well, bong. Well, I I know. Uh, Berman made it clear that this is, you know, don't take this as a sign that it's definite. It's not a bad sign, though, right? No, it's not. There, there's nothing about it that looks like it's a bad sign. So no. this is a big offseason for the Knicks. This is a big offseason. We've all said it for Leon Rose. Leon Rose is supposed to be the guy behind the scenes that is able to make those connections, right? The wheeler dealer. Mm-hmm. And there's some guys out there it looks like that you can wheel and deal with. So yes. you got to get something done. I don't want to hear any excuses after it's done. I don't want a, another offseason of uh, Evan Fournier and uh, Kimball Walker. It has to be no. a massive upgrade from that. So Definitely. The Knicks right now are like the, uh, the, the old saying about the duck. On the surface, calm, cool, and collected, but by underneath the water, 
paddling furiously. So let's hope they are paddling furiously to, to get some, some big-time talent to the team. New York, we here. I mean, you have to keep up with your, 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 your roommate, right? I mean, right. your roommate is, is on the cusp of doing something magical here. And, and right. people are, are buying in, especially, well, even before this game, you know, game one. But certainly now they are buying in. I mean, I, I found out in the last couple of weeks, all these Ranger fans, I had no idea these people were <laughs> Ranger fans before. <laughs> now all of a sudden, oh, no, I've been a fan since this year. I've been a fan since that year. Here's Giant coach. He's on the bandwagon. Yes, he we'll hear Yankee from him players are on the bandwagon. Yeah, we'll hear from him, too. He, he's been talking. He was talking about OTAs. He's talking about the Rangers. Shouldn't mm. uh, you be talking about Daniel Jones? <laughs> he's talking about the Rangers. But um, here, here's how I know the Rangers are, really, are a really big item right now, Gordon. Right? On my computer, Ranger jerseys are popping up all over. Get them, get them while they last. All over. They're Ranger jerseys. Because the computer has heard me talking Rangers with you on the air. Oh, look. It's, <laughs> so now the it's, it's always listening. It's always taking notes. I keep, I keep doing it to my wife's phone. I keep bringing up golf clubs, flat screen TV, flat screen TV, flat screen. Doesn't work. For somehow, I can't figure out the algorithm. I can't get it in there. Yeah. But, yeah, the Rangers, no, they have been uh, – they're front and center right now, man. They, they are, are the story. They are so. Uh, let's see. Let's see if this will listen. Hopefully, I mean, Dad has a job with the Knicks. President's son, agent of the player. I mean, can we is is can we get this done? <laughs> let's let's. Get this uh, I, I don't. Ready. I don't know that Jalen has any kids, but if he does, we'll make him the head coach. I, I don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah, Whatever he can, he, he can he can operate in the front office. We can find him a role of some kind, right? Definitely. Yeah, we'll There's give him no Phil Jackson's old office. There's, it's got to be, you know, something to keep the kid busy there. Sure. He can, he, he can figure out the triangle. Right. <laughs> he can do that. He can dissect it and bring it up to current. Right. He, he, can, he can go through all the old uh, Joakim Noah gear that they probably still have in some room back yeah, there. Yeah, I'm sure they do. There's a lot of stuff. There's, there's a lot of sad stories in that room. <laughs> <laughs> sad stories, sad stories of, yep. of, of, uh, of contracts got wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. We could go on and on and on. But I am. I, I'm really curious as to when this gets started. And of course, we'll be talking free agency in a couple of weeks, Gordon. Because you yeah. know. Oh yeah. So we're you know let, I'm, I'm 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 anxious to see what is going to happen. But I'm patient because normally I'm, I'm anxious, but I'm patient. That that sounds crazy, right? Yeah. But I'm I anxious about though. it. But I'm patient because I know nothing. They never do anything right away. Like they're always after the play, after after the best players are gone. Then you hear, well, we're going to sign um, this person. <laughs> Why? What happened to the other guys? <laughs> well, Why'd I, you sign I, them? I, I'm a t- of the uh, of the point of view. I don't want to hear anything. Mm-hmm. I want to see something. I want there you. you see, I want to see you get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't tell me that. Oh, it lo- looks like this is a possibility. That might be a possibility. Just go out there, do whatever you got to do. Work whatever magic behind the scenes you got to work, but make sure you get the, like they say in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Get them to sign on the line that is dotted. That's right. And get it done. And get it done. And get it done now. And stop messing around. Because we're tired of waiting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you see the garden and you see it for these Ranger games. And oh, you remember man. that there was a time and yeah. I, look, it's long ago now, but, it, you know, for some mm. people, but not for us. 
It does, we mm. remember what it was like when you got oh. to the summertime. And, yeah, the Yankees and Mets were going on, but you had deep playoff runs yeah. at the Knicks. And it has not been that way in a very long time. And after very. the first year of this regime, you thought, you know what, maybe, maybe it's getting back there. They built up a lot of goodwill with that first year, and that goodwill kind of went out the window with the way year two went. So yeah. it's about – you know, being back in the draft lottery is not what you want. If you no. went out and you hired Leon Rose because he's the former agent, it's about getting those superstars to your team. That's and right. that's the appeal of having that guy as your GM or your president or whatever title he has. Mm-hmm. So now it's about going out and actually getting that done. This big offseason. Now, did you see this this proposed deal? Let me see if I remember correctly. Um, Toppin and was it Toppin? IQ... Um, Deuce and there was one other person in some draft choices for Donovan Mitchell, and the and the response one of the responses was, uh, "Yeah, I'll do it as long as I don't have to give up R.J. Barrett." And I was just you know I was just looking at that just looking at that trade and I'm like, hmm, I, I'm I'm hmm, you know, you're yeah. torn in one sense because okay. What who's going to be left? All right, when you when you're making a deal like that, Gordon, you want to know who's going to be left for for you to build something around because that's a lot of players that you're going to move plus draft choices. But the one thing I will say is, and we've kind of had this conversation before, is hey, look, we get that you love the kids, okay? And and what do we hear about the Rangers right now? Right, the kid line that that's that's what we hear mm-hmm. about. Igor Shosturkin, you know, young great goalie. You know, we hear that, and and youth, obviously. Fans love youth because they're homegrown, right? They're your guys. You follow them. You, 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 you're invested in them. But everybody that, that that's a homegrown guy is not good. <laughs> no, they're not all going to be superstars, right? It's like when the Yankees make a trade and they trade away a bunch of prospects. And pe- oh, there was a time where people would lose. Oh, they're trading away the prospects because they were so burned from the from the bad years when they would trade away, you know, a Fred McGriff or a Doug Drabeck. You know, oh, the Yankees mm. are trading this guy, the young prospects. All the prospects a lot of time, you know, there's not a long list of, of prospects the Yankees have traded away that have come back to burn them yeah. during the Brian Cashman regime. And, and look, it always comes back to scouting. It's not just right. about scouting the other team. you got to be able to scout your own team and know whether or not, you know, what do you, what is the realistic expectation th- within the organization of what Obi Toppin is going to be? Mm-hmm. And 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 when is it going? Also, when is it going to be? Because right. you would have thought that it was going to happen before now. Now he's mm-hmm. he's shown some flashes, but are, are is next year going to be something significantly different? That he is going to be getting significantly more playing time. Plus, the realization is: listen, if Julius Randle is still here, no, he's not going to get right. That's the thing. More playing time. At, he's that, not. He's kind of blocked, right? If you, yeah. if you want to have if you want to have a rim protector on the court, and Julius is going to be here, it doesn't leave you a big window for Toppin to significantly increase his minutes. Nope. And I I like Deuce a lot. I like what IQ have given you, but I think at some point, you know, the Knicks have all these young guys. They have eight guys, twenty four years or older. If you can cash those in, keep R.J. Barrett and, and and add a talent like Donovan Mitchell. I'm not saying it doesn't have some downside, but I got to swing for the upside of that. Yeah, yeah. And you just hope that the change of scenery would be good for him. You hope that you know just just 
that different coaching will be good for him. You just hope that, you know, when you make that move, you're hoping for the best. And and the obvious thing is, well, look, this is this is what we had without Donovan Mitchell. Well, <laughs> it can't be. It can only go up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can only go up. That's, what yeah. you, that's how you have to look at it. And yeah, and it's like different it. than, you know, when they were mentioning trades during the season, you know, like when they were bringing up De'Aaron Fox for, for Randall, could you make a deal like that? To me, that was a far more lateral move, right? right. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're trading one guy who's got some flaws for another guy who's got some flaws. That's a piece where – that's a piece you build around. That, now you got your – even if R.J. Barrett never turns out to be that top-flight number one superstar-type player – you kind of have that in Donovan Mitchell. So mm-hmm. now you got your one, you got your 1A, you got Randall still. If, if you can figure out, you know, a way that he is going to meld into the rest of it, I, I would prefer that uh, than the, the promise of tomorrow of, oh, no, let's not make this deal. Let's wait to see what these kids turn out to be. And then maybe down the road, something else will come about. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. That's, that's not what we want to do. The firepower, the style of play, and the way that it empowers so many guys on their roster to play great offensively. And for me, that's going to outweigh even a great Celtics defense because you've got to remember also, Warriors aren't too shabby on the other end of the floor. This is one of the best defensive teams in the postseason as well. But I just think that offense, to me, carries a greater weight than the versatility, depth, and physicality of the Celtics defense. That's our Tim Legler weighing in. On the NBA Finals, which tip off tonight at 9 o'clock, following us here on 98.7 ESPN. It's Hardestine Damer until then. Warriors offense, he says, is scary good. Gordon, uh, Legs is right. <laughs> when it's rolling, it is really rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, look, I think it's going to be an interesting series. I don't expect it to be a quick series, but nope. um, let's see, uh, you know, let's see what uh, comes about tonight. I think this is the, the Celtics' best chance to steal a game on the road in these first two, generally. You, maybe you sneak and steal one here. Um, but, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting series. It should be. And a Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins, the former Celtic, has an X factor for the series. Who is a Big Perk? I'm looking at Marcus Smart. He's not going to be switching. He's going to be up in the Steph Curry, getting up over screens. So Steve Kerr don't have to worry about him switching one through five because he's going to be tied to Steph Curry Kip all series long. Well, I hope he took his uh, his five was the five star energy or whatever that is because <laughs> the way Curry runs around picks and screens, he's going to be exhausted. And one of the things that he does well, aside from defense, Gordon, uh, talking about Marcus Smart, is that he's a guy that makes you work on both ends because he likes to score as well. Like a lot of guys who play, who who defend you really well are one-sided players. They don't really look for their offense. He's not that guy. He looks for his offense, so he tries to work. He tries to wear down the person he's defending to have to defend him as well. Uh, this might be a little tough. They, they may end up having to switch him off of Curry and put him on, I disagree with Perk in this sense, they may have to switch him off and put him on, you know, somebody else just to give him a break <laughs> from Jason Curry all the way around. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get anything out of him offensively, right? I mean, if, he, if he's just not going to be a defensive stopper and only a defensive stopper, because uh, that's that's a full-time job. That's it like is. two jobs right there. So <laughs> It definitely is. It definitely is. So that's going to be an interesting series. And, um uh, I, yeah, we, I think the Warriors are going to win. Gordon and I talked about it a couple of days ago. We both picked the Warriors. But I am interested to see what Boston can do in this series. And especially with the rookie head coach, Gordon, to be able to get this far 
uh, and play a team that's been to the championship and knows what it takes to win and is back there again. And maybe, you know, as weird as it's sounding, where in a sense, window may be starting to close a little bit mm -hmm. uh, because of the, you know, the longevity, because of injuries. Uh, you know, they, they look good, but and, and give, you know, give Golden State credit. They're bringing along that next generation of players like Poole. Uh, that has got a number of other young players that they bring along there. But, you know, it, it is it is going to be interesting to see where Boston comes. Because, Gordon, when you think about it, Boston had been challenging Eastern. They've been waiting to get into the, the finals for a couple of years now. They've, they've, they've been that team that's lost in the conference, Eastern Conference and not made it to the finals. LeBron beat them. There's a couple of other teams that beat them there. So for them now to finally have a chance to get to the NBA finals, it, it's going to be fun to see how they respond to it. Yeah, it, it does seem like it, that, that there's a part of it that's like, maybe not the team feels this way, but just like from the outside that they finally made the finals again. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just wonder whether or not that that will translate to success in the finals, right? Like they're almost like getting to the finals is the goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it just it's a big leap for me to think that now they're going to be able to compete against the Warriors. But these series change very quickly. So if the, if the Celtics all of a sudden go out there and win game one, you know, you'll feel a lot differently about it. And and we'll see, you know, it seems like the, the Celtics road through things has been a lot more difficult, right? I think yeah, that's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, the, the Warriors have not really been tested all that greatly out West. So we'll see, you know, much like the Rangers conversation of rest versus rust, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you, you get to the, the final round and the team that had to put th go through the wars and go through the fire, they're burned out by the time they get to that final round. But sometimes iron sharpens iron. So we'll yeah. see, uh, maybe that's the case for the Celtics. Yeah, and a lot of pressure on Brown and Tatum to carry this team. Oh, absolutely. Over the finish line here because they are the two best players on that team. And yeah, they have some good players on the bench and everything and you know, but especially when you play the Warriors, and I know they're not vintage Warriors of, you know, past couple of years, but they're still a very very talented team. And Gordon, their movement without the basketball you know, is is even in this era of three-point shooting, their movement, their cuts, and, and the way they move their offense is just as a basketball as a basketball fan, you just love watching it because they set people up, they go for uh, picks and screens, they cut to the basket, they go back screens, and as crazy and as wild and as frustrating as it is sometimes to watch Draymond Green, uh, Gordon, he is a superb basketball player. He's excellent at what he does. He knows his role. And like The Rock says, know your role. He knows his role. He might not shut his mouth, but he knows <laughs> his role. And uh, he, he executes that role very, very well. Uh, and it'll be interesting for me to see as well, like if the Warriors do go on and win, you've already seen the conversation pop up today. Is Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, it, it's, it's, it's math, right? Like if you're having the top 10, who are you taking out? Yeah. It's uh, that top 10 is very tough to crack. And, and we might not all have the same top 10. We might have a different mm -hmm. top 10. There's a lot of people that are already getting left out of the top 10 that I yeah. think are better than Steph Curry. So it's no slight to Steph Curry to say he's not a top 10 player of all time just yet. And, and the, the problem is the, the, the two words all time, right? Because there's so many great players that now that people 
because mm-hmm. we're prisoners of the moment, we oh, leave out. Oh, my God, you kidding? <laughs> we just leave them out like they didn't exist. And so, you know, it's it's just, it's really hard that, that all time is, you know, the Mount Rushmore, all time, greatest ever, all those phrases. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to put them in there. Now, listen, from a, from a shooter, as a scorer, as a sh- pure shooter, range and everything. Oh, absolutely. He is one of the greatest scorers of all time. I don't know if he's a top 10 player of all time because there's some players who played the other, played defense better than he did. We'll talk about this a little bit more, Gordon. There's not one criteria from everybody that puts everybody in a spot. It is so subjective, okay? Because there's people who think that, okay, Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's other people who think that LeBron James is the greatest player ever. And then you get some folks who say, well, you know, Kareem was pretty good. <laughs> and he had a shot that nobody could even defend. Isn't he the greatest player ever? I mean, he's greatest scorer ever. And then, of course, you have longevity. So there's just so many things that that, that bring in greatness. It's When you say all time, it's just, it's it's a trip. It's, it's a trap. I'm just telling you, it's a trap. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when people are the first ones to put somebody new in the all-time conversation, they're not old enough to have seen old time. You know what I mean? Like, they're not they, – it's easy to look back on a stats page and say, well, that doesn't measure up to what they're doing now. Or, But if you saw them go – you can only judge them based on the time that they played. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people might say, well, you know, the old time, you know, Elgin Baylor, oh, you know, Elgin Baylor, how could he be tough? I mean, go look, you know, if you lived through Elgin Baylor, you'd have a better idea of who Elgin Baylor was or Jerry West or a lot of these older players. So uh, my list wouldn't even have that many guys that I did not see, but they're like, you can't argue them, right? Like, yeah. you can't yeah. argue Bill Russell. Right. I know it's it's a long time ago, and not a lot of people mm-hmm. now that are around. But how can you argue with somebody who won as much as he won? Yeah, uh, or Wilt, who they had to change the rules for, or Kareem, mm-hmm. who's the you know the all time leading scorer. All the I mean, all those type of things. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it, to me, it's a math problem. So if you're telling me that Steph Curry is top ten already, I'm not mm-hmm. saying he can't be top ten. You know, he still has a few years left. Sure, he does. Maybe yeah. he gets there eventually. Mm-hmm. But who are you? Who who in that top ten that is generally considered a top ten player? Are you knocking out to put Steph in there? Because that's the who way you taking math out? works. Yeah, that's who it. are you taking out? Right, Don Don Don, Don nailed knows. It. Don knows. That's the daily Don from Don. Right, and, and that's the issue. Who are you taking out? And and you know, listen, conversation of scores. There's no question. He's tremendous. shooter. Steph Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Please. <laughs> he has redefined long distance shooting. <laughs> you know, he has he has changed Gordon, he has changed coaches' thought processes about long distance shooting. Because no he took shots that coaches would put players on the bench for and made them. <laughs> so he has changed he in a sense, he's changed the game, right? <laughs> oh, sense, absolutely. No question. From that no sense, question. he's changed the game from what three point shooting is. But uh, you know, it it, it is a, it's a fascinating discussion. And when you look at and you look at all the players, and just think about the 75th anniversary, how some of the players from the 50th team didn't make the 75th team. Yeah, I mean it's, it, and I don't think that is necessarily a slight to anyone. No. And and sometimes you say, well, how did this person not make it? Oh, it comes back to the same question. Well, who yeah. are you taking out? Yep. And who are you leaving out. off? 
<laughs> took them out. Yeah, they took them out. Sometimes that does happen. Out. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Took a few of them out because because of you know the the, the distance and the difference. And then you know the other thing too is that you hear, especially once again, prisoners of the moment, Gordon is. Yeah, but that guy couldn't have done what he against. This guy against that guy, man, he couldn't do anything with him. Who's going to stop him? Okay, so now you're penalizing this player because he's not playing today. He was great against the players he was great against. That's what we had to play against. The only thing we can judge it on. I mean, you know, for all the changes of the game, yeah, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do it. Well, they didn't have. The, the conditioning. They didn't have the money mm-hmm. to, to, to focus on things year-round. Uh, you can only judge it by the time that it took place. Yeah. Um, you know, and so just because you weren't around to see it, it's hard to take your opinion seriously if you weren't there to live through it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's an interesting discussion. It really is. 1-800-919-3776. Lee is in Manhattan. Hello, Lee. Brother Larry. Gordon, good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing, Lee? I am well. Listen, I need to have you all clarify Uh-oh. one thing. We know we are talking about basketball, uh-huh. but where did the phrase the greatest of all time originate from? Muhammad Ali, right? That's it. Uh-huh. Make no distinction. So from yep. this point on, when you talk about the greatest of all time, let it be known that you're making reference to basketball because there's only one greatest of all times. And some will tell you, Lee, that Joe Lewis was the greatest of all times. (laughs) And some will tell you that Sugar Ray Robinson was the greatest of all times. He was smart enough to come up with the nickname and give it to himself. The phrase was coined with Muhammad Ali. absolutely. No question about it. Now, our match, Larry, you keep telling me, Lee, don't worry. Don't worry, Lee, Lee. Don't worry. Lee, enjoy the moment. You have to worry about. No, what don't you, worry, Lee. Trust me. Here's what you don't have worry. to worry about. Right, what you may me. not have has come to your attention because of the late start of the season, they keep pushing back the date as to when teams have to bring their pitching rotation from 14 down to 13 pitchers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So my question to you, Brother Larry, do you roll the dice and try to get a starting or put a starting pitcher in that 13-man rotation, or do you wait until August the 2nd because they pushed that date back to the trading deadline? Okay? I'm waiting. We don't know which DeGrom we're going to get. He hasn't right. pitched in over a year. Exactly. Okay? Yep. Scherzer? We know what we hope he will be when he comes back before he got injured. Yep. Okay? But yep. can your relievers, we're going to get McGill back. Do you have enough starters along with your middle relievers, okay, to stay the course until we get our two guns back? I still feel we need a pitcher whether it and I prefer it be a starter, okay, hmm. right now because we don't know again what we're going to get from Degrom when he returns, mm-hmm. you know, or what shirt, how long is it going to be before Scherzer gets back? Just to be able to toe the line. The offense is picked up. We talked about this time and time again, yep. where we always had pitching and lack of run scoring. Now we're getting it. 
So yeah. how long will the run producing side of it hold up, and how long will the pitching hold up? We need that pitcher just to toe the line. That's all I'm saying. Lee, I understand what you're saying. I agree with you a thousand percent. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Lee, don't worry. It's okay. I would wait until August 2nd. Gordon, I know I'm going to need a bullpen. I know I'm going to need bullpen help. Yeah. Okay, I know that. Sure. All right? But as far as my starters are concerned, Miguel's okay. Miguel was okay when he, you know, he'll be we'll see what happens when he comes back. All right? We'll see what happens, you know, I, I don't want to have an overabundance of folks. I get I'm me I'm not even you know me, Gordon. I'm not even thinking about the Grom. The Grom doesn't even exist right. to me. It doesn't no. even exist. Okay? So right now, the way the pitchers have been, and they've been fine, they're hitting, and I understand that it's it's there's gonna be some down hitting times coming. I get it because it's peaks and valleys. That's what your major league baseball season is. Peaks and valleys. And they're gonna struggle some, and the pitching is gonna struggle some. And Lee's gonna call me and say, see, Larry, I told you we needed to start a pitcher. And I get it. But for me, Gordon, things are going well. I don't want to touch anything right now. I'm good. No, it's a lot. I mean, we're, we're just starting June. It's, it's a while to go. And, and I would just say this. Now, you don't want this because of the implications it would have for the postseason. But the Mets, if things don't somehow change dramatically where they're just hit by a slew of fresh injuries, I don't think that they need DeGrom or Scherzer back throughout the entire regular season. I think that they will be able to finish in first place, given their division and given how good they are and how bad everybody else is, that they will not need either of those two guys to finish in first place for the regular season. Now, you don't want that because you want them ready to go. You want to mm-hmm. see what they have before the playoffs. I get that. But just I'm just saying if, if you were to just encapsulate it only in the regular season, the Mets have enough pitching right now because their offense is as good as it is, their team is as good as it is, that they don't need to make any changes to that rotation and win the and win the NL East. I agree. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they right are now. a lock. I, I, I will say this, and this might make you cringe a little bit because of the past things, and it just seems like one of those things you say and it comes mm-hmm. back to bite you. Mm-hmm. Not even the Mets could blow this. <laughs> From a true Yankee fan. Yeah, well, look, I'm just telling you. I mean, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Blow, right? you, got the, you got the... So let's say it comes back. They've already said that... that that DeGrom today, Buck said that he's not going to start in on the West Coast. They'll wait until they get back before they, they, they get a read on where he's at. Good. But let's – exactly. You don't need him. I don't need him. Keep pushing it back. Keep yes. delaying it. Absolutely. But let's say the worst-case scenario, he's down for the season. Well, you got the, you got the magic bullet in the owner. That He's the guy that's all in. Mm-hmm. So if that does turn out to be the case, if Scherzer somehow has some other setback that he's not going to come back, well, you got the guy that's going to be able to go out. He does not care. He is throwing caution to the wind, yep. and he wants to win now. And he should want to win now. This is their best shot. This is, mm-hmm. a, this is a real chance to win it all. He should Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and I understand. Lee, I understand. This is this is the, this is this is – cringeworthy time Gordon you know oh here we go you know we're going to be short this is this is you got to get out of that thinking this is this is a different ownership this is different this is different 
it, yeah, it's I mean, if you're okay. not if you're not on the on the bandwagon now, uh, you are you are allergic to bandwagons. I mean, you <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, they go out, they score runs in the first inning. It seems like every single day they win yes. just about every single day. They've yep. got a, a million game lead in the division. The rest of the division, the second place team in the division is closer to last place than they are to first place. Yeah, you can't possibly be in a better position than you're in right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you've done it without the, what you might say are the two best players on your team. Exactly. Exactly. So if you get anything out of them moving forward. You're good. You're good. You're good. Quickly, Lee, for you, here's the Met lineup for tonight. Nimmo in center leading off. Marte in right, batting second. Guillaume is filling in for Lindor at short. Alonzo with first hitting cleanup. McNeil at second. Kana in left. Escobar at third, J.D. Davis is your D.H. Mazika is behind the plate, and Taiwan Walker on the mound, 3-0, 2.83 ERA. We'll come back and take more calls next on 98.7 ESPN. What is it about the Celtics that people just love to bet on them to win the series? It, well, we talked about last night. That they, well, well, I mean, they're the Celtics, right? So they, they have a huge fan base and they have a huge reach. Um, I don't know that they're the, the national team, but they certainly have fans across the nation, right? They're not the, I don't think that they're Lakers, but right, right. Um, they, they definitely have a, a strong and large fan base. So that's part of it. But also, I don't know that this is it, but it does seem like the analytics crowd really likes them in this series. Uh, they, they did the numbers last night. I don't remember them uh, you know, off the top of my head, but they did them on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt and, and, and the analytics crowd, 538, all those people, they really thought that they really feel like the Celtics have a very good chance to win this series. It's amazing. It, it really is. I, I just, you know, I, they have a chance to win it, but a very good chance. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, that would not be my pick, but based on my FanDuel account, my picks are not always right, Larry. We know this. Yeah, I know, but you you you're doing better. You you do you're winning more than you're losing. Mm, I don't know about that lately. <laughs> <laughs> I I have hit a Joey Gallo like streak. Oh Larry. no, I hope yeah. not. Oh, oh no, it's been it's God. been it's been cold, oh. ice cold. Does that mean you stop betting? <laughs> no, of course not. Shooters got to shoot, Larry. You know, tomorrow the sun yeah. will come out tomorrow. Always right. Always. Always. Let me ask Josh you this. Is, yeah, we were just having a conversation there in the break with the the yeah. guys. Who do you have less confidence okay. in get breaking out of their slump on the Yankees? Aaron Hicks or Joey Gallo? Joey Gallo. You have less faith in him? Yes. I got, I now, do you feel like he is just not a New York guy? Like, do you think it will never click for him here because it's just something that, you know, we've seen it before. Sonny Gray was a guy who pitched well before he got here, has pitched well since he's been here, but just never was able to click in New York. Do you think it's partly that, or why, why do you think why do you think Gallo? I, I just I just think that um, the pressure is too much for him. Mm-hmm. He tries too hard to be accepted as a Yankee, you know, and and he hasn't had Gordon. Everybody has to have. I don't have to tell you. Everybody, every new player has to have his Yankee moment, right? Tino yeah. had his moment. Giambi had his moment. You go down the line. Didi had his moment. Every Yankee that's been successful, A-Rod had his moment. They've all had a moment. Pitchers have had their moment. They've all had a moment. He hasn't had a moment. And this is, it, he's, this is yeah. his, this this is year his two second now. year. Yep. He still has. He has not had one. Even Aaron Hicks has had moments. 
Oh, no. I, like, to me, Aaron Hicks at one time was a good player. Yeah. But I just think that the injuries have just kind of uh, – and he just has no power anymore. So, you know, he was never going to be a batting average type no, no, guy, no, you know, no, player. No. Uh-uh. But he'd get on base with his walks. He still does. Yeah. Uh, but his power is, is, is invisible. I mean, I would have to think that he probably has the, 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 the smallest level of power across baseball. If you looked at the analytic stats in terms of you know isolated power and that type of stuff, but no, you're I mean, and, and Joey Gallo, uh, the two-year numbers that you know it wasn't a full year last year, it's not a full year this year. He is now um, one sixty-seven on base of two ninety-five and a slugging oh. of three seventy. That's the one that really jumps out. A slugging of you know you can live with the a low average. You can yeah. the, he doesn't have to walk as much as he has in the past, but the fact that he is just I mean no power. None. None. OPS yeah. plus of, of 86, so he's 14% worse than the average player. And that was not the guy you thought you were going to get. No. And now, what do you do with him? I don't know. Oh, well, he's a free, I think he's a free agent at the end of the season. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that, like, we're talking about what the Mets are going to need. Uh, the Yankees, unless they're going to play Aaron Judge in center field on a regular basis and get Stanton back, they might need to go out and, and get an outfielder because those two guys, you need one of those two guys to give you some. I mean, they have given you nothing, and, and they've been able to, to find a way to win games despite them. But at some point, you got to give us something. Are you surprised Brett Gardner is not here? I mean, it seems like those two guys are, are, are have a grassroots campaign to get Gardner back. If he's not here by now, I guess he's the door is back. finally closed. Yeah, I guess he's, yeah. Not, he's not coming. He's not walking through that door. And 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 the other side of that is, God, are you are you? Well, let me ask you a question: Will Esteban Florio ever be an everyday Yankee? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't think he. I don't think he's going to ever hit enough, and, and that always Scary. seemed to be the issue. And, and the one that really bothers me is is, is that I, I, I'm not convinced that um, that um, Andujar is going to be. Yeah ever what you thought he was going to be after yeah, that first season. You know, he's had some run. He's got, he's going to get a run here because mm-hmm. uh, of the issues with, with Stanton being out and the fact that the two awesome. other guys are, are not hitting. So they'll mm-hmm. still get, and it's, it, you know, his batting average is fine, but he's he, again, no power. Yeah. His slugging is 300 slugging a 300. I mean, that's anemic. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was going to be a big power guy, but he was no, a doubles no, no. machine that first season. He was a contact guy. That's, that's what yep. you respected a lot of right. him. Right. Yeah, contact he had a little guy. bit of a different look to the lineup, even yeah. though he was a righty. But, yeah, he has not been able to, uh, has not been able to find it so far. And he has not. It, I don't know that this is the last chance, but you'd have to think it's getting pretty close to that. It is getting close. And once again, what are you going to move him for? <laughs> oh, you can't. I mean, you, I mean, talk about selling low. I mean, he's 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 done nothing since since 2018. I mean, 2018 is a lot. I think about how much has changed since 2018. Wow. A lot has changed since 2018. A lot, wow. a lot, a lot. Josh is in Queens. What's up, Josh? You're next on 98.7. What's going? What's going on, guys? I'm a little ticked off. Why? How come? Oh, why am I a little ticked off? Well, the last guy called while I was on hold. He felt he needed to show his age. And tell us what the acronym of GOAT came from. We ain't need no history lesson. And then tonight, the finals is kicking off, and he wants to talk about the Mets. The Mets? Well, well I, I mean, called to know, talk it's about. A, it's his, as they say, it's his dime, it's his time. Yeah. You know, he wanted to get to, you know, Mets are rolling right now. They're a little sure. closer to home than either the Celtics or the Warriors. So, you know. Yeah. But if you want to talk uh, about the Celtics and Warriors, go right ahead. 
you're right. Still a little ticked off. But right. about um Steph Curry, you guys don't feel like he's he's top ten or he can't be top ten? Oh no, we didn't say he can't oh. be top ten, but I don't think he's top ten yet. No, I would not. If, if you were asking me, and I don't know Larry, but uh, I don't think you think he's top no, ten yet, yet mm-hmm. right? He's still got more to play. Exactly. So you got so you do you, in your top ten? Do you guys have Magic and Kareem? Yep. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I do. And Jordan. Well. Yeah. There goes your answer LeBron. because you can't have two. You can't have two players from the same team. In the Why? top ten all time, how do we know they're top ten if they had each other? Well, they didn't have each other all, all the whole time. I mean, when Kareem didn't have Magic, didn't he have Oscar Robinson? Yeah, but yeah, Oscar well, Robinson I mean, you have to play with other good guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, Steph Curry is playing with Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, and them. He won two with Kevin Durant, but what about the the two he's about to? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big guy to play with. <laughs> <laughs> Not I like how you just slipped I mean, that. Well, yeah, he did have Kevin Durant those, those two years. I'm saying, I'm saying he got hey, Kevin Josh, Durant all, two, hey, Josh, what about the, what about hey, the Josh, Durant? And Kevin Durant is also in the top, many people's yeah, top ten, right? I, yeah, I mean, he's all in the time? conversation too, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so if he gets two rings without him, because he already has one without him, and if he gets two without him, and then he beats LeBron, who's also in y'all top ten, three times for three rings, he can't be in the top ten. Who you? I mean, here's the thing, Josh. Who are you taking out? You know, you got to tell me what your top ten is, and then you know, and I can come back with you with what my top ten is. But you know, just like off the top of my head, obviously it would be it would be MJ, it would be LeBron, it would be Kareem, it would be uh, Russell, it would be Magic, it would be Tim Duncan, it would be Bird, it would be Wilt, it would be. Uh, Hakeem, it would be Kobe. I mean, that might be 10 right there. Like, who are you taking out from that 10? I'm taking out Wilt. I'm taking out Wilt. Sorry. Wilt, they they changed the rules because the guy was so dominant. And Steph changed the game. He got all the centers taking three. He didn't change the game. (laughs) Are you serious? Wilt Chamberlain is the definition of change. They literally changed the rules based on him. Yep. And now they're talking about moving a three-pointer back because Steph Curry hit 400 years. No, you're right. But Josh, once think, again, yeah. but once again, Josh, when you talk about Will Chamberlain, he still has records in the NBA in the NBA that people are still trying to break and won't ever break. Still, still, he was I, a tremendous, I, <laughs> tremendous score. I understand it's a long time ago, and I don't it know is. if he was alive for it. Yeah, Will Chamberlain was. had a season where he put up 50 points and 25 rebounds a game. A game. 50 points. Yeah. And, and I, just pulled up, I just pulled up his stats. One, two, three, four, five, six. His first six seasons, 37 points, 38 points, 50 points, 44 points, 36 points, 34 points mm-hmm. a game. And that's with, you know, 25 rebounds, 27 rebounds. 20. Yep. You can say, oh, well, you know, he wasn't playing against very good guys. I can only judge him by what he did. Yeah. And what he did was literally amazing. It was. And here's the other side of that, Gordon. If everybody was bad, everybody would have those numbers. Right. That is a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. If there was no good players back there, everybody would have the same type numbers. Uh-uh. They don't. They don't. And – it's not easy, Gordon, to score 100 points in the game. And nobody's yeah. done it since. No. Nobody. I mean, he was a seven-time scoring champ. 
four-time MVP, thirteen-time oh, All-Star. I mean, twelve-time yeah. rebounding champ. Oh. If if he had a team, he'd have rings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you he was a one-man wrecking crew, though. I mean, he was, he was, and and, and he, much like Jordan, Bill Russell stopped him from winning. Like Jordan stopped other people from winning. Right, absolutely. But yeah. again, like it, I don't know if that's ten, but let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I think that's eleven that mm-hmm. I gave you. And I oh no, I didn't include Durant. So cr- okay. cross Durant out. Mm-hmm. But I got MJ, LeBron, Duncan, Kareem, Magic, Russell, Bird, Wilt, Hakeem, Kobe. That's ten. That's that doesn't 10. include Shaq. That doesn't include Carl Malone. That mm-hmm. doesn't include Elgin Baylor. That doesn't mm-hmm. include Dr. J. I mean, you know, like it doesn't it's include no slight Robertson. To, Right, Oscar, here's another one. You know, I was just doing it in the break, kind of doing it off the top of my head. I, I, you know, that's just, that's 10 right there. To say he's not a top 10 player is not an insult. No. There's a lot of really good players. There's 75 the seasons of NBA game, you know. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.